Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to uh, episode 148 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today is Sierra Gagno. And one cool thing about you, Sierra, I, I know you a little bit, not like super well, but enough to I'm just going to like ask you to be on the podcast. So um, one thing I, I really find the people that I really gravitate towards and like and I have a lot of admiration for is young people that I think are are trying to do something, trying to do something cool. They're not just like, you know, stumbling through life that they're actually trying to put the work in to progress and, and uh, build something. So um, that is what attracted me, you know, to what you're doing. And, and again, have you come on? And I've talked to you before in the past. And you're, mm-hmm. I thought you were a cool girl. So this would be fun. So uh, Sierra, for people that do not know you, give us kind of a little rundown who you are, where you came from. How'd sure. you get here? Sure. So I'm a local. Um, I went to Northeastern Clinton High School. And soon after that, I graduated, went to Clarkson University, so not too far, two hours or so. And then I found myself, um, I graduated in the middle of COVID, which was tough, (laughs) complete curveball that I wasn't expecting. So that kind of led me to found my own business. And now I'm in Plattsburgh and I started my own company, Evolve Performance Training. And I work with young athletes, college athletes, retired athletes to help them reach their performance goals. So Right now, I love what I do. It's my complete passion, and if it weren't for the pay and I could pick anything to spend my time, that's what I would be doing. So, how did you? Why did you get? Why did you gravitate towards that, like fitness? Since two years old, I was playing soccer. I was on the soccer field playing the ball, and I was the type of kid growing up who my parents couldn't get me inside at the end of the day. Um, haven't seen very many movies, TV shows. I was just the outdoorsy kid always running around, my mom yelling at me for throwing the ball at the wall nonstop. So soccer, basketball have been my passion my whole life. And I've just been a busy body. I'm busy body. I'm geared physically. I like being physically tired at the end of the day. And it's always been something I loved. So naturally, I think I'm very lucky to be able to have a career now that I do what I love and I embrace it every single day. And I can continue on with sports because a lot of people face that identity crisis, which I did when I got done at Clarkson University when I was done playing basketball. I didn't have anything else. I didn't have that sport to go to at the end of the day or to expend my energy. So that's what kind of drove me to create my company and keep me in the loop with sports and exercise. Were you, uh, did you go to the gym a lot, like high school and college? Not necessarily the gym. I didn't get into lifting and resistance training until college basketball. And then I got into it afterwards, but sports itself, it always kept me busy. The running aspect, um, playing team sports, because I just love the camaraderie of having the team. Did um, so I was again the same in the sense I didn't start like exercising because you go to that. I wasn't. I was not as good of an athlete as you. You went and played college sports. I stopped at high school. <laughs> but um, the, the whole idea of getting done high school and I remember I went one year was like I just feel lazy. Like I just wasn't practicing. I wasn't. I wasn't doing anything. And then I started like oh, maybe I'll just I don't know, run because I had a soccer background. I'm like I'll just run. I hate running. Like it's just boring. Like I, <laughs> mentally, it's not fun for me mm-hmm. to run. So I ended up 
um, starting to like look into resistance training and strength training. And, um, and then I ended up, you know, getting into CrossFit probably 2012, I think was, I was like one of the probably early people around here before any of the gyms were open. I was doing it at my house and then, um, and I've been doing that basically for 10 years, but it's an outlet for me and it's fun. Like I said, I, I wish I did that back in high school because mm-hmm. it would make me stronger, faster, you know, be able to, I could see the competitive advantage had I done that. Um, I'm sure you're probably the same way. Yes, that's kind of where I come into play. I think back to high school and I'm like, I didn't have a trainer during the summer because I was working a job when I was 15, 16 years old. And with three of us kids, um, two brothers or a brother and a sister, my parents weren't sending us every single weekend to sports camps because it was just too busy in the summer with work and having the siblings. So that's where I come into play. I want to provide that training for athletes who want to take it to the next level and want to most kids, middle school, high school, they're not at the place where they're lifting weights and strength training and conditioning. They kind of just go to their practice like I did two hours at the end of the day, they go home, do their homework, whatever. And up here in this area, we don't really provide for that down South. It's more common for youth athletes to have the weight room, go to the weight room after school. They have coaches that do that extra stuff with them up here. We don't have that. So I kind of found that niche in the market to work with the athletes who want to go to the college level, want to get more prepared or even continue on with that athletic lifestyle after high school. Yeah. I think, um, I think what you're doing is, is, is I I look at it from the fitness standpoint of having been involved with it for about a a decade now, you know, you can see how fitness is in different areas, different, um, styles of fitness, what, um, you know, how, what people like, what people don't like. Um, but you look at a lot of younger kids and I've, I've helped out before with younger kids and the hard, one of the hard thing is getting them motivated to do it because a lot of mm-hmm. them, these kids are like Gumby. They have like, <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of muscle there. They have all the flexibility in the world. Um, but I think what you're doing is, Hey, I'm preparing you for a sport, which is what a, what they want. They want to be better. Like why, why, why are you going to the gym? It's to be better at your sport. They're not looking to lose weight. Typically they're not looking to, um, most, most kids are small. They want to gain muscle and they want to be athletic. So by the time they hit, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, they're, they're strong and they're, they, you know, not going to get pushed off the ball, especially in basketball or in soccer. Um, but I think the other benefit of it is you're getting them into that love of the gym. So when they do graduate and all of a sudden college or high school and they're like, all right, I'm done. Here's the end of my like actual playing career besides playing like pickup sports or, or leagues, um, is I could still go to the gym every day and have a healthy lifestyle. And I think you, ingraining that in these children at a young age and this like i said could be 10 11 12 13 14 i think you're setting the precedence that i never had of or i think a lot of people like we had to find the gym in our 20s absolutely and it's not easy especially when you're learning how to do the movements at 23 24 years old mm-hmm. and like what's a clean and like you know I, which is crazy i remember my the first time i ever did a clean i was doing like reverse curls. So I was like, pick it up and flip it. And I was like doing uh-huh. like 80 pounds. I'm like, ah, you like, got to start with the medicine ball. Yeah. <laughs> you graduate to the barbell. Like, arms are bent <laughs> and I'm like hitching up. And it's like, the I wish I had video from that. Time. <laughs> Cause then I see people now like, how'd you do that? I'm like, well, you've been doing it over years and years and years. Right. Like you, you, you come adapt and you, you understand it. But, um, what do you get from working with the younger children? Like what is, you know, what age bracket do you really find your niche or is it kind of I would say the high schoolers, young high schoolers, so ninth and 10th grade. 
Because they're at that level where they are serious about it. It's like they're ready to move up to varsity. They want to work for their playing time. They want to be the best they can be on the field. But they also are starting to get that maturity level where I can find that fine line of where I can still push them but have fun at the same time. Because with the younger kids, it's mostly mostly focused on having fun. With the older ones, you can push and find that deep spot in them that really motivates them because once you find that thing that motivates them then it's like all right easy from here on out I know that one thing that gets them I know how to train them I know how to communicate and that's communication I think that's the key in my job there's plenty of people out there that know so much more about fitness than I do who maybe can list off every bone in the body every muscle in the body how it works whatever but if you can't communicate with these kids and motivate, but yet have fun at the same time and push them, then there's going to be no good outcome. So, well, it's uh, it's it's coaching versus like playing. So you see a lot of times where it's like, well, how come Michael Jordan wasn't a great basketball coach, or it didn't turn to be the best basketball coach ever? Well, he was an athlete; he wasn't a coach. Mm-hmm. Like understood the game, but there's a communication level of how do you project this? How do you understand it? A lot of athletes, you know, are good at playing it, but they may not see the bigger picture that a coach can or all the intangibles of other people, or you gotta be able to read people. Like sometimes exactly. good athletes are just wired. Like they're just, you know, I mean, they're basically crazy in their own right. I mean, they're so driven or wired in a certain spot that sometimes they can't come out of that to then look at a player that may, maybe not kind of beats the same drum and figure out how that player, like you said, how that person clicks. Mm-hmm. You got a team of like, if you're dealing with like, I find, have you ever coached sports? Yes. What, what, what sport? So youth soccer. Okay, so I coached what, a couple peewee teams, so that's very young compared that, to what I'm coaching now. Is it fifth, sixth, or that's probably fourth, fifth, fourth, and sixth fifth, grade? sixth, yeah, around that age group. So usually, so I, I coached, um, I helped coach varsity for a couple of years, and I was a head coach of a JV soccer team, and you have about twenty kids, and we came from a school that had, a, I mean, soccer was a big deal. So you had a lot of kids that really liked the sport. Big deal's an understatement. Yeah. Cheesy. They're, they're, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm downplaying that, but they're, yeah, they're, they have, you know, I, I, one of the best programs in the state in any sport by far. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea was we had, you still had, you had those really good athletic kids. You had the kids that were in the middle of the road that were, that were coordinated, but I mean, not super gifted, but they were coordinated. And then you had the kids that just really didn't, I mean, it was a small school, so everybody played and you had those other kids, you're like. They're on the team more to be on the team and hang out and have a right. social aspect. And then then you had to go through each group of those. You had your high-level athletes, the high-skilled. You had the middle of the road, and then you had the lower end. And then you had to go to each one of those and find out which kid is driven, which kid works hard, which kid you know can just, just put their head down and go, and all three. Because you could have a person that wasn't very skilled that worked his ass off. Or you could have a really talented person that was lazy and you knew they were lazy and they were almost a cancer to the team. They had a lot of athleticism, but they were paying the ass and nobody wanted them around. So there was, you had to find that balance and you coach all of them differently. Mm-hmm. And I find training wise, that's got to come into play, I would think. 100%. So not as much, obviously, when I'm in a one-on-one setting. But for instance, right now I'm training a full Shazy basketball team. Mm-hmm all summer long. So I right now have the youth athletes, the modified athletes, the varsity athletes all coming to the same practice. So on top of having different levels, girls, girls. So on top of having different ages, different levels of skill, there's different levels of work ethic, just like you said. Mm -hmm. So 
At that point, when you have a kid who's just learning to shoot hoops, and then you have the junior, senior who's really trying to fine-tune their skills, that's also very difficult. So coaching, it's such a skill, and that's why I think you can't compare one coach to another in our industry, and it's so unique, the things you can bring to the table, depending on how you can communicate with different people at once, the different cues you can say that'll click for one person, but maybe not will click for another. So... What That's up? where I can bring the creativity to the table in my job, and it makes it different day to day. Do you like day. that part of it? I love it. So it presents a challenge. I can't do routine every single day. So when I show up, it's like, or if I have a kid who's difficult and maybe I can't get as much work ethic out of, it's a challenge for me to get them to bring that work ethic, like find that fire in them that's going to light them up to get them to keep working hard. What about uh, basketball? Like you, you uh, That was your main, I'm going to call it your main sport because you played it in college. Uh, do you find that because you understand basketball at a fairly high level that you, that's a sport that you can really dive into because you know, the nuances of it, you know, the, like, like you're not coaching ice hockey, like you can't play ice hockey and you have an athlete that comes and plays ice hockey and you kind of, you know, you work around what you think should work best, but then basketball, you're like, okay, I know you need this, this, and this. 100%. And that's what makes it more fun coaching those athletes. I can almost make it more fun because I can spin more basketball into it. Mm-hmm. So say you're talking about basic strength and conditioning. With a hockey player, which I've never played hockey, I'm only going to be able to work on strength and conditioning and the movements that I know that they're going to need on the ice. Whereas basketball, I can kind of break it up, be like, this is how you're going to use it in a game. This is why we have to do it. And we can incorporate it, mixing between skills, strength, conditioning, blending all three of those things to make it an enjoyable session for the kids. What's your thought on, and again, I, I come from the background of like CrossFit is what I did for 10 years. I understand the methodology of that. I I think it's good. I know a lot of people don't like it. I know a lot of people that do like it. <laughs> um, I've taken my like level one, level two cert. Like I've been like I've had all of it. So I've no like, way. it's yeah, it's been I a while since I've actually like, awesome. I got kids now, so like I don't I used to coach a lot, but I don't anymore. Uh, I still love it though, and I still understand like how the body works, I still understand how movements work, but I look at CrossFit's idea of training athletes is if you're a basketball player or you're a hockey player or you're a soccer player or whatever, football player, you're not going into... I'm going to say what they say and then I want to see what your opinion is on this. They say, you know, you go in and if you go to, say, CrossFit, they're training you just in strength and conditioning to be well-rounded. They're not teaching you how to play soccer. They're not teaching... So the idea is we want you to come here. We want to get your body to the point where you're adaptable to a lot of... You're just physically well-rounded individual then you go to soccer practice and play soccer then you go to basketball and you play basketball because at that point you're doing sports specific motions we're training you to be you know well-rounded physically and then you're going to go get specialized in the sport versus come in am i going to train directly to say soccer player comes in i'm doing all the stuff that i know they've had to play soccer but you're not doing maybe making them do certain things that you deem well, I'm never going to do a deadlift in soccer, so why should I do a deadlift? And I, my thing would be like, well, deadlift is one of the most taxing on the body, and it has so much benefits from a neuromuscular, you know, the uh, the central nervous system, and it's and uh, you know, hormone response and a testosterone response, and all this stuff that happens when you lift heavy weight mm-hmm. that would trigger into athlete. But then go play soccer, and then do your possession games, and do your tr- dribbling, and your and your you know, whatever you might do on the soccer field. What is like break that down. Like what's your thoughts on both of those? 
There's that's a that very good question. In one and, and don't believe in the other. Oh, absolutely. It is so controversial. So that's why I'm thinking about how I'm going to word this. Because I do have a strong opinion on it. And I think that kids should not train solely for one sport. 100% disagree with that. They're at such a young age and their bodies are still developing. And the same load or same intensity shouldn't be placed on them week after week after week after week. The best bet for them looking at it from a pure health standpoint, longevity standpoint, would be to do that cross type of training where you're getting a variety of workouts in. So that's what I make sure I bring to the table. Even though I say I'm very sport specific and we do sport specific things, I make sure there is a variety of overall health, you know, whether that's long distance training them in cardio, mobility, flexibility, core training, plyometric training, explosiveness, on and on. So CrossFit is great. I I do CrossFit myself and I love it. I have specific opinions on it but as far as kids go i do think it's a safe place you can leave them as long as there's a good coach present Mm. because there are certain movements and certain weights that i don't think young kids should be under specifically because growth plates are still forming and you don't want any detriment you know overbearing load on their bodies so i think if you do have a good coach and they do have crossfit kids out there which Mm. is what i would recommend yeah i think the big thing with with kids like you said before Kids' bodies are, are, they're still developing. They can't take on a certain amount of weight. So it's like the the kid doesn't have to be maxing out their squat at 14. Right. Like what they need to know is the pattern, the movement pattern, learn the movement pattern. Body weight is fantastic. And then like you said, med ball. Med ball is a very low impact, you know, medicine ball. You like, what, 14, 20 pounds, whatever it is. That's that's not that heavy for a kid. (laughs) And it's very easy. And you could do a lot of stuff with it. I mean, you could do a bear hug and do lunges with it. And then you're putting it, it's almost like a front squat or a zercher squat. Like Mm -hmm. you're doing, you're putting the weight in a frontal plane and you're, you're then basically to counteract that your core and everything else is basically working your, you know, your back, your posterior is working to brace that. So you're sitting there and you get that, you know, that, that, uh, that balance off of your midline versus putting on your back like mm-hmm. a back squat. Shifting the loads. Yeah. yeah. Shifting the load. Exactly. And, and, uh, so I think there's a lot of benefit. What about, um, what was the, what was the first thing you said? You said, uh, Oh, playing all, all three sports or all four sports, being like a three sport athlete or four sport athlete versus playing just basketball. Yeah. So exactly. you played what in growing I up? Played, just soccer and basketball? Uh, soccer was actually my main sport. That's what I loved the most. Um, oh, okay. and then I went on to play basketball in college and, Picked up tennis senior year, so got a little taste of tennis. Uh, high school? Yes. Okay. Which is interesting. So this is my theory on athletes. I grew up playing three sports. I, well, more, but like organized three yeah, sports. exactly. Um, and you sound about the same. You played a couple sports. Um, you can pick up anything, you know, go play a well, game of volleyball. Well, that's I it. I can still go skate, pay, play pickup hockey, you know. And I find that at least when I was growing up and you're not, I mean, you're younger than me, but like I said, you still were a three, a multi tier mm-hmm. athlete. The idea that I have, the one thing that kills me is when you see these people that are specialized in a sport. Okay. I've seen this before. We have kids that play soccer, really good soccer players. The only sport they play really good. Guess what? They can't, they're so uncoordinated in every other sport. I'm like, it's, that kills me. it's athletics, dude. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how can you not know your body awareness to shoot a basketball? Like I'm not a hockey player. Mm-hmm. If you ask me to go, skate or you ask me to go like hit a slap shot it's not going to be great but it's at least going to be okay and I have a some funny of these story. kids can't even stand up and they're like i don't even know like kids that play soccer yeah. can't throw a base like throw a baseball you'd be like like this weird like i'm like 
It's like small smalls from the sandlot. I'm like, that that's really your throw. <laughs> like, okay. So funny story. Um, Clarkson, it was like our end of the year season party for basketball. So we had like a fun practice day. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard just thinking about it. So like you, I, I'm athletic, grew up like that. So I can pick up any sport really easy. So coach is like, all right, pick teams. We're playing kickball. I kid you not, there were some girls who could not kick a tiny rolling ball that were coming to them, but were the best basketball players in the world, Mm -hmm. but were from somewhere where they only played basketball for their whole life. And if you saw them in that, or even when we were playing soccer, it's like the basketball team playing soccer Mm -hmm. during that day. It was like, you wouldn't even think these people are athletic whatsoever. Yeah. And I always found it depended on the sport, but like a lot of kids that only played hockey, a lot of kids that only played soccer, a lot of kids that only played like weird sports and like you only were good at one thing and it's so funny when you ask someone to like throw a football and they can't throw a football mm-hmm. i'm like how do you not know how to throw a football or throw a baseball but i played basketball i which obviously shooting dribbling all that hand-eye coordination I played baseball so you're swinging you're hitting something hand-eye coordination with a bat and you're throwing and then soccer right that's why it's so. important to have variety with your kids growing up because like you said, there's life after sports where you have to be able to do other things. Mm-hmm. And I think back to tennis, I wish I would have started sooner because I can go out and play tennis right now. Whereas there's not really many big basketball soccer leagues for me, myself in my twenties. Same with golf. Like you I remember golf? I'm learning. Really? So I got Good. my first set of clubs this summer, but I remember going with some friends back in high school and I was like, Oh, I hate this way too slow for me. Mm-hmm. No, I'm ever playing golf. Now that I'm in my twenties, I'm like, Oh, you know, I wish I could play in the summer because I'm not playing soccer every night of the week like I used to. Golf's been my favorite sport since I was, I, like, maybe junior high, fourth, fifth, no sixth way. grade. Okay, so you learned early. That's Yeah, well, I amazing. started playing at 10. And uh, the funny thing, I mean, I started playing at 10, and nobody, a couple guys played. They started to get into it. Now you're starting to see a resurgence in golf because a lot of it is like Barstool Sports has a podcast out. You're starting right. to see these things on social media. And like every guy in his 20s and 30s is now playing golf. And I'm like, where were these people when I grew up? Because nobody played uh-huh. golf. I had a few popular buddies that now. played, but it wasn't as popular. And if you ask most people when they picked up golf, like really picked it up, like actually played it, most of them would probably say like after high school in their 20s and college, something like that. I'm like, I was playing all the time as a kid. Um, I could never play on a team. Um, also fun fact, it's gotta be mentioned because still right, still riding on high yesterday after 21 years in my, my life got a hole in one. No way. Yeah. It doesn't happen but, ever. Legit. That is huh? awesome. That's it, crazy. it was, it was the most adrenaline pumping I think I've ever oh had God. in sports. Did you buy a round for everyone? It was, I'd hit <laughs> I, the ball went in the cup at like. Probably seven twenty in the morning. Oh, so my no, God. it was coffee. Oh, we were done the round by like nine nine thirty. So yeah, we were done really early. But uh, what course were you at? Uh, Bluff Point. What hole? Number nine. Wow. So this is the, was this, that? Were you doing nine or eighteen? We played eighteen. We played eighteen. But did you golf good for the rest of the day? Uh, debatable. <laughs> I shot an eighty six. Eighty six. Mm. So this is the well eighty six with a hole in one and a chip in birdie. I wouldn't consider like no, it, it was okay. Not the best. It was okay. <laughs> But um, it's got to be said. I'm going to take a minute to brag because this never happens. And I'll probably get to brag about this probably the only time ever in my life. But I absolutely hit a pure gap. I mean, I hit this beautiful gap wedge and went out about, a, about I think it was like 119 yards slightly uphill. Hit a nice gap wedge. Again, this is like going to bore you, but I don't care. Ball goes up. <laughs> nice little draw about a, 
about a five foot draw and not a much to draw it landed a little bit behind the hole based on where the pitch mark is in the ball it had to spin back so if you spin a ball in golf it's like dude you spun mm-hmm. a ball like it's kind of like a little chip on your shoulder so this ball spun back in went in the hole pumped big big day big day oh, wow. big day still riding high so i had to mention it but golf's great you gotta teach me then <laughs> uh I can show you some basics. Okay. I don't know if okay, you'd want me. Good. See, again, I think I could actually be a better coach of golf than a player. Because mm-hmm. I've seen, I've understood it so much. It's just physically trying to hit all the motions. I used to be good. Back in high gotcha. school, I was a really good golfer. Now I'm just like. I'm not bad with my wedges. It's the driver that gets me. Really? Most mm-hmm. people, I guess that's kind of, usually for girls, the driver's an easier club. Because it's easier because it, the ball's up. It's elevated. The thing with golf, you have to come down on the ball. Your iron, any basically every club, but your driver, you hit with a descending blow. Mm-hmm. So typically, most girls, and I'd say amateurs, but a lot of girls because of the club head speed, it's hard to come down and get the ball truly up in the air and out. Gotcha. Where a driver, because it's elevated, you could basically come and swing through it, and the ball will go. That's what's harder for me making that ellipse shape. I mean, it's almost easier for me to use the wedge. I don't. Yeah, don't ask cool. me why. No, it's no. not bad though. I know I'm they saying, say it's a harder shot. Said, so I'm like, but okay. maybe being athletic, you can come down on the ball and you know how to properly come yeah. down on it. So that's cool. Um, exactly. Yeah, may- maybe one day we'll, we'll, we'll take you to the range and you can hit. But it's golf. That sounds good. Golf's a lot of fun. <laughs> but yes, keep going. So the, so being a being a multi sport athlete, like what? How do you? What kids do you get when you train them that are multi sport athletes versus single sport athletes? How, all all of them. Are are what? Multi sport. Yeah. Most I don't multi? think I have a single one that plays only one sport, which is the best because it makes you know my training philosophy a whole lot easier to implement because they're going to benefit in so many different ways. I think it's more common in cities like downstate. My friends who I played with from Albany, New York city. Yes. One sport. Well, the the problem is that those schools, like we're lucky because we live in a pretty rural area. If you go down to a city and you're playing basketball, you have to play basketball because there's like, I graduated with a class of 50. You probably graduated with a class of 150 ballpark. 90. That's all it was. a small class. Yep. Really? Yeah, so they even had some of my friends who I played with at Clarkson, they would have classes during their school day that would be specific for their sport. Like if they were soccer players, they'd have a, instead of gym, instead of gym, they'd have like either a lifting or a soccer training practice in the middle of the day. So some of the girls that are playing D2, D3 were like bench players for these schools. The big double A schools that we're talking about. Yeah, you have to, because if you're graduating with like 500 kids in a class... Well, oh, it was like a thousand plus per class. It was yeah, so, absolutely I mean, insane. If you take that, say you had a hundred and how many, how many people went out for the soccer team? Like soccer teams are the same size as every school, but now you have yep. 10 times the people trying out. So you have to be, girls. so basically it's like if you were to do that and there's 20 girls on the team and now you're 10 Xing everything, that means instead of being the top 20, you had to be the top two. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, add up, I mean, relative. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so yeah. if you're like, oh, Sierra, you were a good soccer player, but you were probably the fourth best player on the team, you'd be cut. So they don't have time throughout the year to play any of their sports mm-hmm. because they're so focused on training for that one spot to get their playing time yeah it's I, extremely competitive and uh, it's tough for me thinking back to high school like the impact sports have had on my life and all the lessons i learned from it to think that kids there wouldn't have that same opportunity here you, i think it's such a blessing that yeah there's some that do get caught but most of the kids, if you go for a sport, you work hard, you can at least have that opportunity to be part of a team. Yeah. Do you find that kids that play one sport are at a detriment for long-term athleticism? Meaning, 
like the way I look at it is if you say you're a pro athlete, say you're LeBron James playing basketball. Now LeBron James was a freak football player too. So he's probably bad. He's a bad example, but take like someone that's at the top of their game in one sport. Do you think that after they get done that sport, if they were to train and try to do something else athletic, they could make that shift over. Cause I look at like professional basketball players sometimes trying to play golf and like, they just can't swing a club. Or like, or or I'm just saying, like any like a sport where you just they just don't have that athleticism because they've been training one sport for so long that it all, they almost lose the function of other sports. Like if you're a soccer player that played your whole life, take Lionel Messi. Is he going to be able to pick up a football and throw a football or a baseball? Like I don't know hmm. the answer, but like I, I don't either. He's a freak Honestly, athlete, I but don't, he's a freak. I don't soccer think player. I can say. I think the one thing that may be a detriment is if someone is playing one sport that's an individual sport. And is missing out on that team sport opportunity. So you're definitely that you were definitely a team sport. Yes. Yeah. But I try to think of a kid who, like, my, for instance, my brother rides motocross. So typically, motocross that's only you and your bike. You're not on a team. I mean, besides maybe Yamaha Honda team when you become a pro, but you're racing by yourself. And just to think that compared to someone who may be a team athlete, I think everyone's geared for different things. But I definitely think it's good to get. Experience in both. Did you ride motocross? When I was little. Yeah? Yes. How was that? It was fun, and I stopped riding because of sports. Just time? Or big avoid time injury? Time and the injury. <laughs> injury. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because I, now I wish I would have kept with it, now that soccer basketball is done, but the risk of injury is unbelievable. I mean, my brother's race last weekend in Unadilla, a guy died coming off one of the jumps Jesus, and two were airlifted. Yeah. So See, I'm not, I'm not an adrenaline junkie like that. How would you brother? They, to them, they don't ride for adrenaline junkie. For him, it's the same exact thing when I step on a basketball court. Just competition? Yep. He is, really? Yes. But he's got to have some kind jam. of, how old is he? He is 16. Oh, riding wow, this, with adults. A young kid He's died? very... No, 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 no. My brother's 16. No, no, no. I'm saying in that, that no, race... No, he was um, 54, I believe. He Ooh. was in the 50-plus class, but... Accident or just like cardiac arrest or... Nope. Um, hit a jump wrong, broke his neck, and... Jeez. See, I would never... Yeah. This is a thing, look. I don't want to go the, into the, detail, but... Yeah, the negative's like death, dude. I'm out, man. Like skydiving? I have no desire to skydive. I'm like, <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? You die. Yeah, I'm out. Like, that's just <laughs> yeah. not... I mean, I, I know you could die like crossing the road, but it's the idea of like, it's just a risk. I don't, do I have to jump by the plane? No, then I'm, I'm good. Like, that's how I look at stuff. But some people need that adrenaline. I think it depends on the frequency though. That's the other aspect of risk. Because yeah. to me, your frequency is higher in a car. Your frequency is oh, skydiving absolutely. maybe once. So, the chance you die in a car know. accident versus a plane is way more <laughs> on, a, on a car. Yeah. Like the planes very rarely, I mean, they, you, you, they crash is a big deal, mm -hmm. but how many cars crash every day? Um, I don't know. I, I'm a... I'm not a big adrenaline junkie. Yesterday, getting a hole in one about all the adrenaline I need. Like, I was good with that. Um, do you, now that you're out of college, what do you think that you're going to do for athleticism at this point? I got into CrossFit. So that's, that's where you found that's your niche? That's my thing. That Yeah. I've, since I was a little girl, I've kind of always wanted to be a pro athlete. And the fact that CrossFit allows you to go into the CrossFit Open, do the same workout that the pros are doing, and score good enough to make it to the games, I love that idea. So I'm very, very new to CrossFit. I know I have a long way to go. Do you go to CFP, right? I've gone to both gyms. Both? Okay. Yep. Um, so I've done, I haven't done it in like a year, just like mm -hmm. between COVID, between work and then back, well, it was closed. And then between work and between kids, I just haven't been able to venture back out there. But yeah. um, 
it is fun because it it's that competitive fire. That's what I love about it. Yeah. I was before I joined. I joined this past March, so I was once I graduated and stopped playing basketball last May. I had gone a full year of just trying to lift in the gym by myself, and I was losing my mind. <laughs> I'm such a competitive person at mm-hmm. heart. A good loser, but very competitive. So CrossFit, I stepped into the gym, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is – I'm never going back. I need this. Yeah, and I think that – well, one, I was always big on, like, competing against myself when I did it. Like, some people mm-hmm. were like, I just want to beat that person. I'm like, yeah, there's – like, my wife, she's a nut. Like, she's a competitive <laughs> nut. Like – I'd be like, so Jane, did you do better than you did last time? She goes, I got first. I'm like, oh, well, that was not my answer. Like, did you? Because uh-huh. I was looking at too. You could come in first, but if you didn't think you put in your 100% effort, then I would be let down. They didn't put my 100%. Like, that's my, right. my mind always works. Like, I just want to put my best output. Mm-hmm. And if it ends up being first, then it's cool. Like, it's first. My wife says, like, I just don't want to be second. I'm like, well, it's, that's right. Like, what, what about you? Like, so I, I always- So, since I was, oh my God, high school, I think once I finally matured wise hit varsity sports and then went into college and crossfit my philosophy is i show up and i leave everything on the table i will go until i pass out i know that's not the best for everyone but (laughs) (laughs) i love pushing myself to that level where it's no longer even physical it's just me mentally battling Mm -hmm. because they say when you get to the point where you think you're over and you can't do one last push-up your body's only at 40 percent you have so much more in your tank that you just don't know oh, about. Oh, yeah, it's mental. Completely. Yeah, pain. So that's what I love about Lactic CrossFit. Acid, like, like, I won't stop. I'm always going to give my best, but when I have... I love being friends with competitive people because we can go back and forth. Like, when I think I have no more and I see that my friend's ahead of me, I'm going to fight mm-hmm. to the last second on the clock to make sure I can beat her. I, I think that's where, the, like, competitiveness, like I said, my wife, she'll be the one that she really likes... She warms up a lot with really good, like she searches out for the good athletes. Yes. And it's because she, I, like I, I know her and her whole thing is if that person is good, I want to be with the good people because it's going to push me to be better. And if I beat somebody, I want to beat the best person. So she always like actively, like if she, we've been to gyms before and like we'll be traveling. She'll go to like a gym and we're sitting there and I don't care. I'm like with the dads. We're just chilling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm working out today. It's great. And then I look over at her and she's like talking to the best athletes in the gym. Just like oh my all God. of a sudden she's like warms up to them. I'm like, yeah. So they were this person. But and I, you know, talked about that. I'm like, I need to meet her because I am that same person. Gina? No, oh, but you, yeah, you'd love her. They always say you're she the played, uh, She played uh, D3 soccer. Actually, she got inducted to the Hall of Fame at Plattsburgh State. A year, two years ago. That's incredible. Soccer. Yeah, she's good. She has like all the soccer records at Plattsburgh. I'm the same way too. I yeah. want to be surrounded by the best. So it gives me something to work towards. I mean, aside from my personal best and giving it my all, they always say you're an average of the five people around you. Yeah. Whether it's your five friends she's, or Well, she's a, she's a nut. When she so. gets back, she, we just had our third, third and last kid. So we're done. But she's itching to get back into it. And once she gets back into it, she's like full bore. You, you'll meet her. Especially, she goes to awesome. uh, CFP, but she's... Uh, yeah, she's a the most competitive person I've ever met. Like, and that's saying something. Like, mm-hmm. meaning, I mean, I know a lot of people are competitive, but she's a nut. Like, there's, I'm like, there's something wrong with you upstairs. And some of these, but um, so innovation in entrepreneurship was your degree. Yes. Can you explain that? I've never yeah. heard of. I've heard of entrepreneurship, but innovation. Innovation. I mean, I know what innovation yes. is, but as a major. So. Clarkson was huge on kind of blending the engineering world with the business world. And they had this huge 
Hmm. What's the word for it? I'm drawing a blank on the word. Initiative. They had this huge innovation initiative to kind of blend the two. And while I was there, they built this huge innovation hub with 3D printers and software that you could use to pretty much make anything you wanted. And on top of that, they would have the business mentorship opportunities. So if you wanted to start a business, you could literally walk up to the third floor of our business school and be like, I want to start a business. They'll pay you with a professor or an alumni or a student and be like, here, let's start your business. So whether it was prototyping or the mentorship aspect or the computer aspect, there was all the help you needed there. So that was the business major I chose. Um, Pretty much geared towards marketing. So a lot of classes, it was creating products, creating services, doing sales pitch competitions, doing consulting work for local companies. A lot of hands-on opportunity. I like the idea of them helping you start. Was that just that major or was that Clarkson in general? No, that was Clarkson in general. So if you're like an engineer student in chemical engineering, I mean mechanical, but like uh, civil engineering, you could just like show up and they'd say, hey, listen, I want to plan on how to make yeah. you know, sewage better or something. But so, here, let's do it. Yeah, you could absolutely do it. The other cool part was they had a program called Three Day Startup. And three-day startup means you start up a business in 72 hours. And any student who wants to do it, they bring you in a room and then they put you with pretty much a team of cross-discipline students. So they would put you with an engineering student, a finance student, a business student, maybe a psych student, another engineering student, whatever. So if you were seeking someone, say I wanted to create an app or I had an idea for something and I knew how to do the business-wise, but I didn't know how to actually build it, they Mm -hmm. would pair you with another student who was kind of looking to do the same thing that's pretty dope i loved it did they have a lot of what did you use that service i did created a few different things for so what were a couple of them deer dar was one of them deer dar deer radar yes deer radar like Mm -hmm. hunting deer something no something that would go on it was actually a group of another few students from the north country but something that would go on your car and detect deer that were off to the side of the road to prevent deer accidents. So D E E R D A R. Um, let me. D. D E E R D A R. D A R. Yes. Radar. Oh, radar. Like radar. R A D A R. Yes. yes. Radar. Got it. Yeah. How, is that actually a thing? No, we didn't actually make it a thing because the technology, just the um, the cost the and senses, the sensors. The sensor, yeah. The, so we did have like we tried heat detectors, we tried different. Don't ask me the technical terms. I'm only a business student. No, but. that's fine. <laughs> so, but um, like, how close was that to going live? Was it more of just like ideas on paper? Like, did you invest money in it? Did you like? Just, Try to raise we did money, not. Did you? At the end of it, though, you do pitch to a panel of investors. So there was tank. opportunity. Complete Shark Tank. Nice. Oh, yeah. So that's why I said. Like a local like, Shark Tank. <laughs> um, yeah, local investors. And then we also did New York State Small Business Association pitch competition. So we won some money in that for a different product. It was a fitness product. Okay. Yeah. Was that you solo so, doing that one? No, that was um, the owner of CrossFit Lake Placid. So Nicholas Scala. And then Will Marklinger, who he is now a second lieutenant in the military. So we got together okay. and we're working on an app for fitness, nutrition, something that kind of combines pretty much would spoon feed you a diet plan and a workout plan that mesh together okay. to reach performance goals. So, um, and it, obviously looking at that, is there something in the market right now where you're like, that's a competitor or this is trying to like, 
find a niche in that market? Like, is there already something that kind of has that? Because I always wonder when people create apps, does pe- do people, I would think two ways. You go in, you find out, is this app even th- around? Is this something like this even available? If not, let's create it. Or if it is available and there's only like two or three other ones, can we just make it better and just like basically outperform and market them to the point where like our market share just overtakes them and they sell out to us or we overtake them or because any anything you do like the fitness space like man i don't know everybody already has fitness trainers but if you're good at what you do you will start taking people away from other people because the people want to go to where the best people are at exactly so our whole idea was to kind of combine the nutrition and the workout component there's awesome apps out there that will give you the perfect meal plan. There's nutritionists out there that will give you the perfect meal plan. But sometimes it doesn't necessarily coincide with your training type and what you're training for, when to eat throughout the day, how much to eat throughout the day. Obviously, if you're staying more active and working out, you need more calories in your day. But what you said about there's so many different people out there, I think the philosophy is just wrong when it comes to fitness. The way people see it on social media, the way it's portrayed on the internet. How so though? Typical fitness trainers or different apps that you can download for fitness, they're maybe only going to give you a one week or a one month, a three month, a 24 week program. And I think fitness is so much more of that. The bounce back rate is absolutely terrible. I don't know the exact statistic on working out, but... For dieting, 95% of people who go on a diet and lose weight regain weight and they end up in a worse position than when they first started. So looking at the long term is almost non-existent for a lot of fitness people. And it's almost convinced people that they can lose weight in a month, lose weight in two months. Like it just doesn't happen like that. Your lifestyle for 20 years, that's been absolutely terrible and garbage. Mm-hmm. You can't fix it in two months. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's... Oh yeah, it's no. It's going to it, take time, and people just think, you know, oh, let me take this fat burning supplement. Oh, let me just go to the gym and stay consistent for a month or something like that. Well, I think, um, like I've heard different stuff in the fitness industry. Uh, when it comes to like in my thought, diet, nutrition, one, it has to be a lifestyle and has to be consistent. It's a habit. You turn it into a habit, and it has to be done over time. It's not exactly like, over time. It's not a week. Over time is years. So mm-hmm. when I look at um, kind of was joking about with the curls or not the curls, but the, the, the glorified, <laughs> they're clean, the glorified reverse yeah. curls. So I was doing these and, uh, I remember looking at that, like pull-ups, like I could never do a pull-up. So like when I first started, I was, I remember doing my first pull-up foot on the chair and lower myself up and pull and kind of my foot there is resi- like a little bit of resistance. Mm-hmm. If I needed to kind of push my foot a little bit, but right. try to do most of the pull and then push on the way out. Mm-hmm. That was how I learned how to do, um, pull-ups to start. Then it got to the point where, like, I think my dead hang down to up was like 18, 19, 20 pull-ups. That was what I got up to. But I'm like, how do you mm-hmm. go from, like, a modified one pull-up that was a lot of probably wiggle and support, you barely get above it, to now you could do almost 20. Just I mean, literally locked all the way down, locked all the way up. Progression. It's progression. But that took me 10 years. Baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why when I see, especially when I was at the gym, I'm like, person coming in like, I can't do a pull I'm like we well, can't do it yet but you will like just keep just mm-hmm. don't get discouraged don't quit just keep going and the people that stay for a year or two years all of a sudden especially a year you go one year a person can be transformed in a year are they going to be 
peaking out their fitness? Absolutely not. But they're going to, like you said, be able to complete, let's say completely, be able to reverse the path mm-hmm. and start, um, again, in the, the CrossFit, the sickness to wellness continuum, or the fitness sickness to, uh, I guess, yeah, wellness continuum, where it's like as you, um, have you ever taken an L1? CrossFit L1? I have not. You have It's to. on my list. You have to. <laughs> so basically what they talk about is a continuum of, if it's kind of a, a picture like a rainbow, kind of a, a, an arch, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. On one side... Um, or even like a, a speedometer or like RPM, something like that. At one end is sickness. On the far end is wellness, meaning all or fitness, all the mm-hmm. way to the very end. So if you are, are hovering in that fit, so pretend that it's a gas, it's a gas gauge, and you're hovering on full. Now, what happens if you start to slip a little bit and something happens? You go more towards, you know, sickness, but you're so far away from sickness that even dipping, like if this is where most people are and you're here, anything that dips, you, well, people can't see this, but as you dip, you're slowly coming back on the continuum, but you are so to the extreme of fitness that a little dip is not going to be, I haven't worked out much. I would deem right. I'm better shaped than majority of people still because I mm-hmm. put so much emphasis originally. Yeah. Now, relative to where I used to be, I'm terrible, but I'm saying on that level, like I'm so far away from it's sickness. It's resilience. Like when you're already there and you have that bad couple of days or you, like you said, you go back a little bit. If you're resilient yeah. enough, you can find your way back to that but to get to health. S- but to get like some people don't work out and they something happens. Well, then they start slipping towards sickness and sickness is cancer. Sickness is um, high blood pressure. Sickness is diabetes. Mm-hmm. Sickness is a lot of these. I, mean, I say take cancer out. I'm talking about like uh, high blood pressure and all these things that are internal that can be changed through lifestyle and diet. But if you get to that far end... Then you kind of look at it and like, okay, like I'm, I work like, so you're trying to get people to that far end because what you're doing is you're hedging people against sickness mm-hmm. and you know, you're not going to explain that to an 18, 19, 20 year old, but right. the 50, 60 year old, be like, listen, this is why we want you to do resistance training. So literally when you're too old, when you're 80, 90, you can actually get out of bed and get out of your chair and people don't have to help you out because you still have the, mus- the muscle mass and bone density. That is the compounding effect. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read the slight? Slight Edge or Slightest Edge by Jeff Olson. I have not, no. I love that book. And it's just about the compounding effect. The things you do today, even though they're small, you're going to get more... Is it a fitness book or just a... Return, no, just a common like philosophy book. Like the compound effect book? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, probably similar. Just the small stuff you do today, the reward's going to be exponential at the end of it. So it's kind of like fitness and I try to tell my clients that you spend, you know, the next year, two years, you get into this habit the reward and the effect is going to be so much more down the road when you have that extra 10 years on your life, when you don't have disease, when you're fighting cancer, you know? Well, like I said, even, even when you're 80 and you still get out of the chair and not, people don't have to assist yes. you out. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but well, that's dumb. I'm like, mm-hmm. is it like, it's is, so much like, more <laughs> important than just now. Like <laughs> no one thinks about well, longevity and when you're 60 or 70 years old and your bones are brittle, same thing goes for nutrition. Well, if you don't about, need a proper diet now, think about when you're old and you fall and all of a sudden ugh. like you, you're, bruised your your damage you have to go to the hospital because of whatever and it's like and i'm obviously we're both still well you're young i i still feel young but it's the <laughs> idea that like when you like i look at that it's like obviously i'm not doing it right this second because of that but i know that's a long-term effect like i would be doing fitness now just to make sure that i can run around and not feel sore and mm-hmm. i can lift stuff up and pretend i'm strong like that's what i would do now as a you know a 30 year old dude not but when I'm 80, 90, I'll be like, thank God I did it throughout my whole yeah. life because now I can do a lot of stuff that others are in the nursing home for. Exactly. And, you know, barring any like major injury or major like, mm-hmm. you know, cancer or paralysis or, 
you know, par- being paralyzed, like stuff that you you know you really can't avoid. You know, the internal stuff you can avoid, like diabetes. You can you, you know typically you can avoid di- um, type two diabetes at least. And then I you- think a lot of it you can prevent. Yeah, I mean there are genetic stuff and or genetic diseases that you can't necessarily yeah. prevent, but the choices of your lifestyle, I think, one hundred percent have a direct impact on your health down the road. Yeah, like you know, blood pressure and like insul- I mean, just yeah, there's so much stuff because a lot of it's internal, is 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 the big one. But and I think a lot of people they're just not willing to suck up the short term pain for the long term gain. Well, it's hard if that makes sense. Fitness and nutrition's easy. But it's hard. You know what I mean? Like it, it's. I'm saying when it, I'm saying it's easy to do. Like you can have someone. Someone could call you and you'd be like, "Listen, eat this and do these movements. Easy. I got it for you right here." It's hard to do. It's hard to stay accountable to yourself. It's hard to be disciplined. It's hard to, you know, turn it into a habit because it's way easier to lay in bed. It's way easier to stay on the couch. It's way easier to grab something that's quick versus prepping. Like we all fall victim to it, but it's fitness at the end of the day is super easy you know it's just people have to the concept is easy following it and staying diligent is hard mm-hmm. you know and i think that's something that most people you know most people can run most people can do jumping jacks most people can do push-ups most people can do sit-ups most people like they they physically are able to do that by being a human mm-hmm. the idea though is you've let yourself go for so long that maybe you can't do a pull-up or you keep eating crap food all the time well you could eat good food and then you'd be that much better. But it's it's hard to do that. I think it depends on how important and how much of a priority it is on the road for you. That's it, 100%. Like, having that discipline. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta not, make Like you choice. said, it's not going to be easy. You have that decision. It's all in your power as well. But like people know it too. Like, I got to work out and eat or eat better. But it's easier not to do it. You know, it's e- I'm saying like it's an easier choice for people not to choose to do it. It's hard to choose something that's easy. I think it also depends on the knowledge people have and the knowledge people have access to because I know for a lot of people, they've, some of my clients specifically, I've worked with coaches in the past where it wasn't successful. And I'm like, all right, what did they tell you for nutrition? Oh, they threw me this diet and told me to count macros my first day in the gym and told me I need to change everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, no wonder why you failed. My first step with all my clients is to eat two servings of vegetables a day and keep track of that for a month. Then the next step, fruit. Let's have two servings of fruit a day for a month. The next step, introduce protein. Eat this serving a day per month. And we just keep building on it based on where they're at, increasing their veggies, increasing their fruit, increasing their whole foods. When I give that to my clients, it's easy. They're like, oh, I've got it. And they have that feeling of accomplishment to keep on going. Now, when I have them six or 12 months down the road, all those little steps have led to a complete diet transformation. It's not only a habit at this point, but it's just a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They're not even thinking about it when they do it. So that's how I make my clients healthy. And I think that's where coaches also fail is when you try to introduce too much change at once. People think they have to change too much at once and it's too hard. So people give up. I was talking with, uh, well, uh, one of my business coaches, she was basically saying pivots. She was, you got to make a, she goes, I just want you to make a small pivot. And I made one about two weeks ago. Very small. Like, I would tell you to mm-hmm. and be like, really? That was a big deal? I'd be like, 100%. And it was a very small, very small step that I put, implemented in our business that clients won't see. Nobody will see. I see it. Internally, we see it. It's a very small thing. Now she was like, okay, what's one pivot here and what's one pivot? And we both decided. I'm like, 
easy, too easy pivot that I literally could make today that will have an impact. Let's not rearrange everything. Let's mm-hmm. just make one or two things, baby steps, make sure you got it. That becomes a habit. Now, once it's a habit, it's a habit. And then it's like, what's the next thing? And next thing you know, you've put more rungs on the ladder. Now you're higher up. So a lot of it is putting emphasis on it. Um, a lot of it is... You know, I think a lot of the discipline becomes on the emphasis you put on it and the discipline and how much you value it. If you value being in shape, if you value eating well, you will do it. It's 100%. Um, it's kind of like, you remember like uh, college and high school and someone was like, all right, that project's due in six weeks. Nobody did it that first week because it wasn't, it wasn't a priority. It wasn't an emphasis mm-hmm. on it. All of a sudden the last week, oh shoot, there's the deadline. This has to be done in the next week and then all of a sudden like everybody's down put that as priority and they scramble and then they they did everything that week because they had to there's deadline the same goes for fitness though like if you found out tomorrow you were diagnosed you can share you can move that down too you're talking oh okay um no same thing goes like if you found out tomorrow that you were going to be diagnosed with some terrible thing cardiovascular disease and the doctor told you it's been because of all your health your whole life the poor choices you've made you would be probably so willing to change it in that next month and you'd be like hands down this is important i'm gonna do it but just because we can't see that 20 30 years from now we choose not to do it Mm -hmm. it's the same cheeseburger analogy you know you eat one a day every single day you gain 50 pounds down the road and you're like oh my god that's absolutely terrible at the end of the day, when you have one, though, you don't see the impact of your choices. So you mm-hmm. still think it's okay to continuously do it. I was like people that smoke. It's like, oh, what's worse? And like, well, 30 years from now, like you, you start running the, you know, it's like, it's, it, I mean, like I said, it's all, it's all, like I look at like stretching. Like I should be stretching. When I'm stretching, I feel great. If I'm not stretching, like, God, why don't I stretch every day? So I feel I, like I stretch, I sleep better, I move better. Mm-hmm. I'm not achy. Like everything just flows. It's all like, I just feel groove. Like I feel like my, my body's all like, like you know like all the joints are just like groomed uh, or greased up like yeah. they just feel like it just feels like my body's got like wd-40 and all the joints yeah. so i'm just moving uh, but now if i don't then i feel like i'm like tin man i'm like squeaking yeah. i'm getting up i'm like oh my god my back so so happens when you get old it's <laughs> just kidding well no i no, it does so i mean you're like i said you just got out of college give give yourself some years keep doing what you're doing because then of course no, you get I'm old people like, already yeah like old people are like Oh, you just wait. I'm like, I believe you. Trust me. I believe you. Mm-hmm. Because when I was 18 to 25 was different. Now 25 to what am I, 31. I'm like, whoo, yeah, I'm hurting <laughs> now versus, uh, you know, like the, there's cert- I'm getting to the point now there's certain things like I don't even want to do physically, like jump. Like, hey, can you jump up to that and be like, oh, honestly, gonna hurt. honestly yeah. I just like don't want to pull like a muscle. Like, I mean, that's literally <laughs> what I think about it. Someone's like, uh-huh. hey, can you just jump up on that? Like run and jump up on that and be like. Oh, let me just stretch out a little bit and do it because like I can feel the muscles just aren't firing mm-hmm. like they should be because they're again everything's stiff and short and ugh, gross. But um, where did you get the name Evolve Performance Training? Oh, don't ask me. That was <laughs> oh. that kept me up at night. Because <laughs> you, since I've known you, you went from I was Sierra Gagno Fitness. Yes, because I couldn't come up with a name and I just needed to have so nice a legal name. So it's like I was Dave like, Matthews right. Band, my favorite, one of my favorite. Yeah, bands, but I did but, not yeah. want my name in there. Um, Anyway, six months go by. I, I I thought about it for like a good two months straight. And I'm like, all right, this is stressing me out way too much for just a name. So maybe if I stop looking right at the problem, it'll come to me eventually. That was my philosophy. And I had a, a business mentor that I worked with. And he was like, all right, I'm setting a deadline for you. You have one week to get a name. And it 
just came to me. I'm not sure how, but it kind of fits my whole philosophy on evolving and mm-hmm. gradual change and that it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. So I when it came to me, I was like, wow, that's, you know, super fitting as far as my clients evolving over their whole lifestyle. Because when I work with someone, I truly want to change their life for good. So now I'm going to ask you to put like your business person hat on for okay. a second there. Okay. So, um, I always look at, so like our company, like people always ask, like, why isn't Trombley Realty? Because I'm like, well, like, one, I don't care. There's, there has been a Kavanaugh involved with this since like in like thirty something years. Right. Like, but the idea is like people know the name, and I could care less what it's called because at the end of the day, if people know the name, I'm not going to be doing Kavanaugh Realty for like at some point in time. I'm just not going to do real estate anymore. Like it's just going to happen. I'm going to retire, whatever. At some point, hopefully, you can sell it off to somebody. Like if it's Trump, like now Kavanaugh is the last name of a person. But it's the idea of like the resale value. If it has the name, why exactly. would I change it and try to rebrand it just so I can have my name on it? Because some people, at least when I look at like Sierra Gano training, I mean, people have done it. Like, isn't like Les Mills, isn't that a name? Yeah, but I, I don't want people just to know it for me. Like you said, eventually my goal is to bring on a bunch of trainers, grow my business, mm-hmm. expand. And when I have other trainers working underneath me who may possibly take over, like you said, when I retire someday or sell it off, I don't necessarily need my name on the front of it well, the, the name's always a weird concept but sometimes it works as it then brings more value to like oh wait wow you're Ciargano like Ciargano fitness like it becomes this thing but then it could be like evolve performance you don't even know who it is mm-hmm. but then it ends up being easier because you've built a brand around the company not necessarily a person exactly so there's, there's always a because I know some people have done very well with their name like Charles Schwab he's a bank mm-hmm. there's actually a guy named Charles Schwab like he owns the company like he started the company yep. as a founder he's just like <laughs> I love yeah, that we're, company <laughs> yeah we're like we're called Charles Schwab and it's like wait you literally named your company that'd be like you naming the fitness just Sierra Gagne. no I did think about that because you know there's Jillian Michaels out there and all these other yeah but I think I think they built up a social media and a now she obviously was before that with like the biggest loser but you look at that as they built up a reputation around not just their name as a brand, but not necessarily the company. Like the biggest mm-hmm. loser was not Jillian Michaels' biggest loser, right? Or or a uh, Bob Harper. It wasn't that. But mm-hmm. I mean, you like you're doing a great job on social media of like making sure that people know. That's what I did with real estate. Like people have to know you. Like your business, same as my business, they're going to use you if they know, like, and trust you. Right. So how do they know you? They know you because you're on social media. I hey, I know of her. I know who she. I've okay. seen her stuff. Then how do they like you? They got to meet you. Like it's so important though. Being in a smaller town, I consider Plattsburgh still a small town. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. Marketing wise, it's all been word of mouth. Yeah, ninety percent of it. Well, so the word. I mean, at the end of the day, reputation's everything. So if you go on social media and and, and paint this picture that is is a the perception is so much greater than reality when they meet you and like God, she's not really that good. That's the part you don't like. I'm not. I'm, I'm picking on you. I'm not saying you're, you're good. No, but I'm that saying, happens but, all the time with but people. The, but the idea is that if you're from a, a reputation standpoint, is like if you're putting it out there, try to be as real as you can. I like being like. That's what I was going to use the term paint a picture, and I'm like, that's the last thing I do. I am real through all my things. You know, show things my business is actually doing. Yeah, and show the ways I train my clients. Well, even like, um, even going through and, and telling like struggles or telling like things that aren't good. Like if I. I don't edit any of these podcasts. Like, and the thing is, like, I could make this sound really, really, really good. Like, I don't say um, I don't swear. I keep it very, like, reading off of a teleprompter. That's not me. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell I'm going to say <laughs> in this. Like, I, I have, like, this sheet, which honestly, like, I keep skimming it because I haven't actually read the paragraph yet. That's usually how I am. It's just like, mm-hmm. let's just off the cuff. But it's real. You get, like, the authentic version of me. And that's why I like this format. Like, you can't hide on this. You're just talking. So, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm like, awesome. yo, Sierra, like, answer this question. Not you're like, scripted at all. No. Like, and, and then you just kind of, because a lot of it, I'm asking questions that you should know. Because I'm like, asking about yourself. <laughs> like, usually people know themselves pretty well. Yeah. So, um, so what do you do for fun besides fitness? Like, you're not just fitness. Um, I don't you got know. a life. Like, is that really much it? <laughs> That's like, my life. <laughs> right now? Just the grind of building this company up? Exactly. Um, no, I am an outdoorsy person, okay. 100%. Like, you can barely find me in... I, pretty much sleep inside and that's about it so <laughs> seriously pack a can- you, pack- oh yeah i'm like so finishing six. up my 46ers i am camping and backpacking every weekend canoeing kayak camping all that good stuff where did the love of the outdoors come from for you huh. i grew up camping for as long as i can remember since i was a baby well I couldn't remember when I was a baby. <laughs> you were a little less. <laughs> early memories. Probably elementary. Yeah, early, early memories. Parents, grandparents, camping trips. Like, I was just such a lucky child growing up because my parents and grandparents did everything with me. They yeah. were teaching me how to fish. They were teaching me how to go on the canoe. They were teaching me how to put up a tent. A bunch of basic things that I think kids now who are inside on technology don't get to experience it and that's why i i do struggle with my business because it does require a lot of technology because mm-hmm. part of me i i like to shut it off and like to enjoy the outside and i'm just a firm believer in the power of mother nature and i love when i'm out there in the mountains thinking like we have such a beautiful world that we live in i just soak every second of it up do you have any intention of moving out of the area 100 percent. you do want to move out yeah okay I do. now why why would you Based on what you just said, why would you move? Because if we weren't meant to move, we'd have roots instead of feet. That's, I think we're meant to go explore. And I've always had travel in my blood ever since I moved abroad. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so many, that one experience when I lived abroad in Scotland for six months, it brought so much to my life as far as the way I thought, the my perceptions, everything changed completely. So it's almost like this drive inside me that I need to go explore different cultures. I need to go meet new people. I need to go try different things. Because when you get comfortable, you're not growing. Well, where do you plan to go? I mean, if you just thought about traveling. Mean, yeah. Bad, bad no, I, um, I want to pick up and go. So I foresee myself or I see myself living in a bunch of different places throughout my 20s. Um, I just went to Nashville this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fell in love. I think I cried on the plane ride home because I'm oh, like, really? I am not I'm going really there in October. <laughs> yeah. That was like, I loved the people there. They kind of reminded me of home in a way because mm-hmm. they weren't city-like people who I had thought city-like people were. Like it was very country. People were open. Like it was Southern hospitality. Everyone was friendly. Um, that or Texas, Tennessee or Texas. Have you been to Texas? No, I have not. But I went to Texas um, first time in April. Texas is pretty cool. No, I like uh, for business reasons, both in retirement, both states are absolutely amazing. So I could see myself settling in either one. And politically, I think it suits me more. And like I said, I just want to get up and travel. Tennessee is your income tax. (laughs) I know. Not a bad gig. (laughs) No. Not a bad gig. Not at all. Where in Texas did you go? Uh, San Antonio. Did you like it? Yeah, it was dope. My cousin got married. We went... uh, I mean, 
Texas is massive, which, you know, I know like everybody's like, yeah, duh. But I mean, it's like an understatement. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, yeah, we travel from no, six hours. I'm like huge. where were you? And they're like here. I'm <laughs> Texas, like, what? The other side. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, they said, um, one of the stats was, I forgot. It was El Paso is on the, like the, the West coast of the state. It is closer to San Diego Pacific ocean than it is to the East part of the state. It's crazy. So like you can literally drive yeah. left and go like all the mm-hmm. way to the ocean instead of going to the Gulf Coast, which is still Houston on that side. Right. Like that's how far it is. It's, it's crazy. Like, it's just like Alaska too. People have no idea how big this state actually is. Well, Alaska is. is the biggest. Yeah. Like a fourth of the United States. I, so the thing that blows my mind about Alaska. How close it is to Russia? Yeah. Oh, I knew you were that. Because me too. Every time like, you see it on it, like I know. Crazy. It's one of those things like I know. I know what it is. But when you actually see it on your map, right you're there. like. It's like Arctic Circle, man. Like yeah. it is because it's it's higher up. Isn't is United States the only country in the world that has like country states that are not actually like land to its land? I don't know if that's what? true or not. I'm, 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 I'm Wait, like, that don't have what country? A country that is not com- like not tied together. No, Meaning there's like, plenty of other like islands. Um... But are they part of countries? Like Hawaii is a state, and Alaska Alaska is no, geographically thinking, on the Canada, that, but it's our state. Hmm. Italy has islands, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I'm not talking like. Okay, I don't like like I would look at like Italy's islands like the equivalent of like going to like Nantucket. Is it okay. Nantucket or yeah. Martha's Vineyard? That's like an island off of off of Massachusetts. So. I believe it is. I might be wrong, but like one of those, whatever, down there. I think, I think Martha's Vineyard. Someone who lives there and is listening to this is laughing at us I know. Right now. I think, I think uh, lobster. I haven't but been I think, there. I think, uh, I think uh, Martha's Vineyard, I think Nantucket, I don't know if Nantucket's an island. I know it's a town or whatever, but uh, Martha's Vineyard's an island. But that's like a little island off of Massachusetts. Hmm. Like I could see, like I went to Italy and we went to uh, Capri, a Capri, whatever you pronounce it. That's cool. So it's part of Italy, but it's an island. So it's like, I wouldn't really deem that. I'm thinking like Alaska, like separate. Is, yeah, I know. I mean, what Alaska you're is way up, and it's it, it, it's connected only to Canada. That's why America, but it's is, our state. Yeah. And then Hawaii is in, Hawaii is the same as if you went to like Bora Bora, you went to Fiji. Oh, it's like so out in the out middle. There. But yeah. I mean, it's like its own size wise to be its own country, but it's part of the United States. And like, our, yeah, I, we have so much in the U.S. It's absolutely unbelievable. But is there I'm trying the different to, climates and the size of the U.S. But it, is there? Is there another country? I'm trying to think of another country would have another location that's that's like right off of it. Like I want to say China, which I think this I, this is like a political thing the other day. Like Hong Kong is not part of China, or is I think it's not part of China, but they're like right next to each other. Like I think Hong Kong is like its own country now. I don't know. It's like a very politically charged thing. Um, I don't know. I know Hong Kong's like down there. So, but that one's almost, but that's, again, it's like right off. That'd be like Hawaii being like not far away from mm-hmm. California. Like Hawaii's like in oh, the middle of the Pacific out Ocean. Out there. Most people think it's like a little island off California. And well, like, the thing with Hawaii is when you look at it on a map, go further left and down. You're like, it should be, oh, wow, it's way out here. Yeah. Like it, still to this day, I'm like, I can't believe Hawaii is that far off of the coast. Um, I don't know if there's another country. I'm, I know this sounds weird, but I'm like, know. I'm really thinking if there's. I am too. There might not be. Like, that's just, it, I, I've i never thought about it before, but I can't think of another country that would just say, oh, by the way, like, another part of our country is on that side. Just, I know, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Thoughts I ponder, like, during a podcast. 
podcast thoughts. Random thought. What what is like a Kinda random like fact? What's a random factoid you know that you like that don't, I know that you don't think people would know? Oh my god, I have a lot. Really? Are you like random a, fact that I? Are, are you like I a don't, myth I don't know. Maybe this is just no. It's like you just you just I know like all jumped my presidents. Like, I have a lot. You know all the presidents. I know all the states. What, I know all hope? elements of the periodic table. I know whoa, whoa, wait, fifty back, numbers wait, back of pi. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up. So. I know you're a smart girl. That's just a weird fact. Like I know you're, but I know you're like a smart girl so. too because I know you, like when you talked about when you graduated, you were a 4.0 or something, right? You were. Uh no, first highest major in, or highest GPA in my degree. Yeah, you're smart. not a four though. Okay, you're you're you're, you're much <laughs> higher. Statistics than and probability got me. <laughs> so so uh, um, okay, so all the states meaning you know all the states like in, in order? alphabetical order. Okay, so yeah. that's weird. Like all this, I mean, not weird, but that's presidents like, in order. From from. Zero. Washington. You could to Biden. You, wait. If I t- right now you could I do could all fifty. Go. Yeah. You wait. Wait. You could do all fifty. I don't. There's oh, not no, fifty. No. What are we at to now? Forty-five. Forty-six. Forty-seven. Wait. I want. I want to have you do this. But so states. Okay. Pi. Pi to what decimal? Fifty numbers. No, you can't. Yeah. Give me just a sec. I, I, I'm. I'm okay. Gonna, you can. Sarah, I'm gonna. You no, can no, no, test give me, me out. Give me a okay. I'm gonna okay. test you on all okay. of these. What was the last thing you just said? Elements one. of the periodic table. How, how many? Oh, you got it. Thank you. How All many? of them, but I can't pronounce like the second half of them. <laughs> do you have a photographic memory? I do. Really? So like pie, eighth grade classroom at NCCS. My teacher had this huge pie chart around the classroom and algebra was just so easy to me. So I never paid attention in class, but I spent all my days memorizing that chart. So it's like a phone number. Wait, 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 wait. Um, Let me <laughs> let me bring this up. Do you want to do pie first? Is, no, let's do presidents. This uh, you're gonna do. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so we got okay, presidents. Okay. <laughs> this blows my mind because I am do, not singing. I am not singing the element song. I have the video on my Facebook if you want to go watch it. No, no, we're not. I, I okay, just, that one's way too long. States, president, states, elements. What was the last one? Um, I can do pie. alphabet backwards. Pie. Alphabet, alphabet backwards, backwards like smooth or like alphabet. Oh, like, like very smooth and fast. Do it really quick. Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K J I S C A B D C B A. Boom. Are they all like that? Kind of. Wait, not wh- that fast. Are you just like a weird kid that just learned that? So no. Like, um, how'd you learn this? So remember, I said I was a busybody. Like never could really sit down. I was never watching TV. I was never watching movies. Car rides. I loved car rides, but I used to get so fidgety when we'd go on road trips with my family. So they literally would buy me the chart and they'd be like, have it memorized by the time we get there. <laughs> and then I'd be like, here you go. Okay. What is the first hundred digits of pi? You can go to 50. I can go to 50. Yeah. You want to go? This is insane. Okay. Go ahead. Is this a good fun fact? This is insane <laughs> if you could do it. I know 3.14159265358979323846264338 3, 3, 3, 3, Close. I may have messed up a few in there. What was the last one you said? 69 Oh, I don't know. I got to go through the whole thing. 6939 or 69366. So you literally got everything up the th- you went 69377 at 69399. You literally had everything up until that, which that might have been okay. 51, 52, right. 53. I don't okay, know. cool. Holy crap. 
Wow. Okay, wait, wait, because I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay, a very okay. not smart person. So. <laughs> yes, you are. This does not determine smarts. This is Can just you a, a photographic skill? memory. Uh, no, that's, uh, no. I can do that. That's cool. Okay. That's very cool. Give me the states. Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Illinois, wait, Idaho, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Mexico, sorry, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Wyoming. Cool. Two mistakes. Where? You didn't say Indiana. Okay, so I'm... I'm, I'm Indiana, Illinois, He goes Iowa. Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa. Okay, cool. Okay, now I'm picking on you because you literally got 48 <laughs> or 50 correct. And the other one was you had Oklahoma and Ohio rotated. It goes Ohio, Oklahoma. Yeah, but did you hear me? I blended two of those. You went, Ohio, Oklahoma or something. And then you ended up stopping. (laughs) Let's make it a new state. (laughs) You stopped it, and then you went Oklahoma, Ohio. So it was Ohio, Oklahoma. So you actually, originally when you you said it, you said Ohio, Homa or something. Ohio, Homa. So you actually had it right, and then when you recorrected, you switched them. But again, that's that's incredible. And then, see, now I don't think the presents are going to be that cool, even though I just want to hear you say them. No, they're not. Well, I, no, not because the fact that you just, you basically just said all the states, like yeah. that's harder to say in alphabetical order. I think it would be yeah. the presence in order. But because we're here and for the sake of, because we're here, I want, okay, go ahead. Ugh. Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Adams, Jackson, Van Buren, Harrison, Taylor, Polk, Tyler, Polk, Taylor, Fillmore, Pierce, Buchanan, Lincoln, Johnson, Grant, Hayes, Garfield, Arthur, Cleveland, Harrison, Cleveland, McKinley, Roosevelt, Taft, Wilson, Harding. Coolidge, Hoover, Roosevelt, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. Yeah. Did you count how many? There's 46. 46. Okay. Holy See, crap. I wouldn't even know how many there were. <laughs> so what is... Uh... Oh, it's because they had different vice presidents. Gotcha. Okay. Boom. Only president to be president twice. Cleveland? Yeah. Grover Cleveland. Mm-hmm. 22... 23 was Harrison, then Cleveland again. What a world, man. That's kind of that's kind of trippy. Um, and we'll, okay, periodic table. This is going to be Oh. <laughs> I'm not going through the whole thing. How far are you going? There's hydrogen, this helium, helium and lithium. Oh, you got a whole song. Iron, so, carbon everywhere, nitrogen like, all through the air. Like big, big yeah, that's why I said I'm not going through it. There are so many. Okay. Actually, you know what's cool? What? Element number I hate chemistry though. Absolutely hate chemistry. Yeah, there's a bunch of like weird ones. And then it's lanthanide series, actinide series. That's dumb. Yeah. Like that's too... We're just making up stuff. I was tantalum. a physics girl. Tantalum is a is a periodic element. Mm. My, my mm-hmm. ring is made of tantalum. Really? Yes, yeah, it's on no the way. inside of it. Yeah, so it's... Not titanium, but tantalum. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's cool. It literally says tantalum, TA-73 on no the way. inside. Yeah. That's awesome. It's wild, wild, like a new way to make rings. But um, <laughs> wait, so you just... What's other stuff you know? I'm not going to have you repeat it, but like, what's some like legit stuff? That was incredible. Just stuff I know. I don't know. That was that blew my mind. I just Thank didn't you. think that was like something like someone carried around. <laughs> I, know. Like I don't pocket. tell many people because like they're like, like cool, "Oh, she's a weirdo." <laughs> that's like a cool party trick right there. I'd be like, "Yo, I know all the it states is. now." Cool. When yeah, 
it'll pie up to 50. <laughs> I might just be like, one, two, eight, nine, three, seven, five, six, seven. Like, and like, no, you it's literally. Like, ra- no, like, it's like a phone number. I can just rattle it off. But no, it's photographic memory, which is. I like think, a legit photographic memory? Like yeah. If I, I asked think you, that's, like. Yeah, so when I was in high school, which, I mean, I had a 100, one quarter, and graduated first. And I have to say that it was because I could literally memorize the image of a textbook page or my notebook page and be like, oh, this is on the third line of this page. So here's how I know the answer. Like, that's how I would recall things in my head. So if I was to write down. So I'm, ter- I'm terrible at writing. If you tell me that's. Like write a sentence. Or horrible. you mean penmanship sucks? No, no. Like Being writing an like- essay, like putting together something fluent and using creative ideas. Like but that if I wrote, is the like, death of me. If I wrote like 50 words on a piece of paper. And gave it to you. How quickly could you memorize those fifty words? Oh, not not that quick. Okay, so it's not, not like I can look terrible. at it and be like. No, but that's how I would like do my speeches as well. So impromptu speeches, I could write something before, write it, repeat it maybe five times, and then I could recite the speech. I remember when I was a kid in high school. So we had spelling. Like for some reason, they still gave us like spelling, oh, spelling. tests. Mm-hmm. Spelling tests. We have spelling tests once a week. We yep. would have vocab tests once a week. <laughs> and I got 100 the entire year. And this is what happened. Like, in my first class, it was homework. Mm-hmm. I'd show them, like, oh, what do we got today? Spelling test. I was a junior in high school. Did you just memorize? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'd sit there. And I don't think <laughs> I had a photographic memory. But I pulled I pull my I pulled my sheet out. So I had, like, the sheet that, again, like I said, not a priority to the last day. So here right. I'm rushing. <laughs> of course, I had it for a week. So, like, I literally look at it for the first time. And I'm like, okay. And it wasn't, like, spell pen. It was, like... Bigger words, you know, that you would have, whatever. Innovation might be a word. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so I'd like look at like, say, let's say innovation. It'd be like, innovation, okay. Vation, uh, inno, two ends, innovation. I'm like, okay, done. Next one. Boom. So I just kind of got to the point where I could kind of come up with some kind of like sequence to it. Yeah. And then when it was like, what's innovation? What is the clue word for what innovation was? I think, I don't know if it was... Uh, that one might have been like matching up the pairs mm-hmm. on the on the vocab. And I remember just looking at it, like innovation and be like, innovation is the idea of like coming up with something new or something like that. So it'd be like new and two end in and like I'd be d- dumb stuff like that. I'd be like done, yeah. got it, next one. And so I, cool. it was like I knew the word. I just mm-hmm. knew how to match them up because I'd find some little thing that would. Um, do you watch The Office? No. <laughs> Ever? No. <laughs> Why not? Too, like too busy. The to what? humor is like too dumb. Like it's not even humor to okay, me. Okay, so this is you're way too smart. For I'm me, very I find that's no, humor no, no, no. I ha- I'm very like sarcastic, witty humor, but it is the, well. That's just like dumb. Makes no sense. Humor. So there, there's one scene. Michael Scott. He's doing a, he's doing a speech out in like one of the other branches. He's sitting there with Pam, and they're like, "How do you recognize all these people?" And he's like, "One guy was like, I forgot what it was." He'd be like, yeah, blue shirt, bald, baldy. And he's like, and he would go through all the names. <laughs> the names he had. And they, didn't make, they weren't third real names, but he'd be like, That's yeah, so baldy. Funny. She goes, who's baldy? That guy. Or who, who's, and it, like some random name. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so, like shoes. Big, and they would like pan down and he'd have like weird yeah. shoes on. It was something weird like that. So that's what I thought it was. But, um, no, the memory aspect. Like, are you good with people and faces? Names? Not names. Okay. Good with faces. So if like you saw somebody my, on the street, my short term, no, my short term memory is pretty bad actually. Okay. Long term, long term, just because it's so, so really ingrained good. in the memory. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, like I remember a lot of. I think a lot of memory has to do with 
where you were in time. So I have a very clear memory of things that happened to me when I was in school and up to high school. The reason being, like a song, if a song played, like, that came out. Oh two, yeah, I have that too. Like that came out in two thousand four. Yeah. Like how do you know that? I just remember it because I remember that song connected it to a connected place. to my basketball yeah. team in that year, and mm-hmm. I was on that team when it came out. So like that stuff, it could have been when a movie came out. Yep. It could have been when some historical event happened because I just knew where I was in time, so I could then play back. I was that age yeah, that's, this year, and I would say when the prisoners broke out of Dan Mora, like I remember school. exactly what I was doing, where I was when I got the news. But no, I was gonna say my sense of smell. I'm a weirdo with smell. That okay. will bring back like a memory that I'd say that's my strongest. Yeah. Um, Your sense. Yeah, strongest sense that will. I will reminisce on. I don't know if you're the same way, but I can be like, oh my God, this smell. smells like. Absolutely. Well, like feel is not a big deal. Like you very rarely do feel something. Like, oh my God, no. that feels like something. Sight, sight for sure. Because you might see something that you yeah. could see an old Reminds photo me. or all of a sudden be like. Deja vu. Hey. Or like or, your parents be like, hey, see, yeah. I remember this, remember this doll or something. Be like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Like I haven't seen that, I haven't seen that in like mm-hmm. 15 years. Like that stuff happens. But yeah, smells a big one. Like I've, I've, I've noticed it more and more now where I'll smell something. I'm like, God, that reminds me of eighth grade. when I, I remember when I was eight years old at this time. And I'm like, I don't know why it clicks. Mm-hmm. But your memory, like even though you can't like tap into your memory all the time, I do find that like everything that happened to you is some is always in your brain. Every experience you've ever and had. And something specific can bring it out or something you see. Yeah. Something, yeah. Like it might not be top of mind, but like the monotonous of a day. Right. Like just go through your day, go through your day, go through your day, and you don't think of it. And then all of a sudden, if something like really taps into that, you're like, oh my God, I see it as clear as day. That's kind of like your dream. Have yeah, you ever like, have, yeah. couldn't remember what you dreamt about? And then you go out, you have a conversation with someone, and they say something, and I'm like, oh my God, I remembered my dream from last night. Oh. That so, happens to me all so the we're time. Getting, we're getting chirpy here. So, this, this, so one of the things I learned about was, I mean, I've, I've talked about before on the podcast, is Mandela effect. Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. So Mandela effect. I couldn't tell you the definition of it. So Mandela effect basically is stating that we potentially live in alternative universes. Yes. And that what you think is is actually legit actually never happened. But because you think it happened, it might have happened to you in an alternative universe, even though like this is like going deep. So one of the things that really got me. So if you look up like stuff with uh, the Mandela effect. Um, and the whole, the whole purpose of the Mandela effect, like when you talk about like dreaming, like, did I dream that or that really happened? Let me see. I'll give you, I'll give you some, uh, Mandela effect list. Let's just start with that 40 mind blowing examples of the Mandela effect. So this is just stuff that, and I'll try to pick out ones that might clue you in. Basically like people thought that like Nelson Mandela had died, but he actually didn't die. He was in prison and got out and like whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's what started. Um, so like. Like first one they say is like, was, okay, peanut butter. Was it Jif or Jiffy? Hmm. Jif. It's just regular Jif. But it makes you think. So like one of them was like, yeah. is it Looney Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, or Looney Tunes, T-O-O-N-S? No idea. Never watched. Okay. <laughs> Like burnt Bernstein Bears. Okay, that was a book. I don't remember Bernstein, Bernstein Bears. Bears. Yeah. Okay. Like Bernstein Bears, the Bernstein Bears didn't exist. It was the an A, so the Bernstein Bears, even though everybody called it Bernstein Bears. It was E I N. Everybody really? it was actually A I N. Yeah. It gets weirder. Um Did Curious George have a tail? I don't know. He was a monkey. Okay. 
Let me go. Let me go to the ones that like the ones that really like messed with me. That was like wait, like Skechers. T- spell Skechers out on your like write it down in, like Skechers shoes. How you think it's spelled? With a C H, not a T. C H not a T. So S K E C H E R S. Is that? I feel like that's how I visualize it spelled out. Yeah. Even though if I heard the word Skechers, I'd throw a T in there. Like Skechers. You're you're actually right. Most people got that wrong. I can see it on a shoe. So you've just photographed memory. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this is. Let me go to the ones that did the Monopoly Man have a monocle. Hmm. You know what a monocle is, right? No. Like it's like the eyepiece that goes over their eye. Oh. No. Do you know that or are you just guessing? No, I don't think he does. Well. Does he? You're you're really good. No, yeah, because like you I'm picturing actually, my Monopoly board right now. So this is the one that really threw me okay, off. Okay, okay. Really threw me off. I'm trying to find it. Cause you're gonna like you're basically just crapping over all my stuff right now because I'm like this, 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 and you're like dude, it actually didn't happen. Um oh, oh fine. Did you ever watch Okay. Forrest Gump. Did do you remember the line about chocolates? Did you ever watch Forrest Gump? Uh, no. Okay. Clips. So Clips. people always thought this is what people would typically say. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. But it was life was like a box of chocolates because he's talking in the past sense. I know it sounds people are probably like, yeah, duh. Huh. But okay, also mirror, mirror on the wall. That's why you get excited. Mirror, mirror on the wall. She never said that. She said magic mirror on the wall in Snow White. But everybody thinks it says mirror, mirror on the wall. Really? Yeah, I didn't know. Never that happened. One. Okay. Perhaps the most famous movie movie line. In history, wasn't even said. What did Darth Vader say to Luke Skywalker? Okay. It should say, Luke, I am your father. Like, that's what everybody says. Like, Luke, I am your father. He never actually says it. He just says, I am your father. He never actually says, Luke. Hmm. Okay, you're probably bad. You don't watch movies. I'm terrible. I haven't okay. even seen Lion King. Like <laughs> Lion King? No, oh, I, I don't. The other day. I, I, oh. I told you, I can't sit there a movie. Okay, this one, Hannibal Lecter. Have you ever seen that one? No. Silence of the Lambs? Nope. The, the the movie hello hello Clarice, you never heard that term? No. He never says it. He just says good morning, hmm. which blows people's minds. He never says hello Clarice, which everybody thinks. Do you know? Uh, oh, this this is okay. This is one. There's two that really tripped me out. Okay, this is okay. one of them. Do you ever listen to Queen? Yes. We are the champions. Mm-hmm. The, okay. At the end of "We Are the Champions," the song, does Freddie Mercury say? We are the champions, or does Freddie Mercury say, we are the champions of the world? I'd say the first, we are the champions. So at the very end of the song, he doesn't say of the world. I don't think so. No. Really? This screwed me up. I listened to it, and in my head, I've heard a million times. I'm like, at the end, he says, we are the champions, and he goes, of the world, and it plays out. It doesn't. It just plays out. You knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, I'm living on a different universe. Huh? <laughs> I was just thinking of the song in my head. The, you will never get this, but this one's screwed. You're, Another movie? Sarah, this is terrible because like, everything <laughs> I'm like, I was reading through this, okay. and I'm like, this is yes. crazy. And you're like, dude, no. And you've gotten every single one. Screw the Mandela effect. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't exist in Sierra's world. 
The last one I was going to say, which was the most bizarre one of all to me, like the most bizarre, like I actually have memories of saying like this guy was in that movie and like that never exists. I'm like, yes, it did. Like, no, it never did. Okay. Terrible. Whatever. So the Mandela effect basically is this idea that like things didn't actually happen in an alternative universe. So we talk about back to what you said before with dreaming. If somebody was dreaming, most of your dreams actually happen right before you wake up. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean when like, you're, yeah. But I'm saying when you dream, you typically dream. That's when you're in the fast twitch stage, right? Or REM. It, it's, the, it's the closest to when you wake up. So you actually dream, like say you're going to wake up at six in the morning. Your dreams are actually happening probably in that last little bit of time before you wake up. They're not happening mm-hmm. like two in the morning. You're gotcha. sleeping. Gotcha. And dreams, I don't, don't know if they this usually last like for seconds. seconds. Yeah. But everybody I, thinks okay, like you're in this long too. dream where you're thinking and you're <laughs> no. like, you know, when you go through a dream and you're almost like going through a storyland yeah. and you just feel yep. like you're like in it as a second. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden you wake up like, oh my God, I had this crazy it's dream. Crazy. It literally is a second. Yeah. But when you're sleeping, I don't know if it's like lucid dreaming. They talk about lucid dreaming when it actually feels like you're in, like yep. in, it. in it. Almost like a, like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing. Yep. And then, but it's happened like a blink of an eye. But that's your dream mm-hmm. and you can recall this stuff. So it's like crazy how your brain has certain like, like a certain state of mind can trigger a dream that goes that quick, which doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it should, but it does. Which I wish I got to get someone that knows sleep on here because that fascinates <laughs> me. I, I, uh-huh. Like, so what, like when you talk about dreams, like what's kind of like weird dreams that you think, like if you had a weird dream before, you're like that just happened. It was like the craziest thing ever. Do you have reoccurring dreams? I do. Or I have, they, they were like my nightmare, my nightmares revolve around the same idea. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's maybe like an actual fear that's stuck somewhere in my subconscious. Where does that come from? You think? I think it's something I subconsciously think about day to day. And is, do you Seriously. think, it, do you think it's like a valid thing or Cause no? Cause it's a legit, well, like, it could like happen, the nightmare it... like revolves around that fear, but it presents itself in a different way every single time. So it's not, necess- it's not necessarily recurring, like, but it, around the recur- recurring fear or theme. That's the better question. Like I remember word. I had this one, it was weird. It was like, I didn't get freaked out by it, like from a horror movie thing, but it was like, I kept having this reoccurring dream and it was like kind of freaky, but it wasn't like terrible. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. people and you'd be like, this is weird. <laughs> I remember, and I don't know where this came from. I remember having this dream and this was a reoccurring dream for years and it was a, this is like, it's almost cheesy to say, because there was nothing to it. <laughs> there was a green, I still remember to say there was a green basket, mm-hmm. plastic little green basket that was no bigger than probably like my hand cupped like this. And it had like holes in it. So it was like plastic. It was almost like a wicker basket, but there's holes and had a yellow handle on it. And just kind of like a little looped hand, like a little kid basket. And it was sitting down outside. There was a leaf in it and wind just blew. Hmm. And so you can see color in your dream. I'm colorblind, but yes, I can see color. Okay. But yeah, well, you can't see colors in dreams? No, I do. I've had so many people try to convince me that you can't see color in your dream. Well, I'm colorblind, like, so maybe I can color. see only in my dream. I don't know. But there was this, that was what it That's, was. It was like this huh. little basket with a leaf in it and wind would blow. And it was the only, and it meant nothing. I, to this day, I don't, don't I'm like, know. I've never come yeah. across a green basket with a wind. Like it was like a weirdest thing, but that would come up and it was almost freaky. Cause I'm like, why is this leaf just sitting in this basket and the wind's blowing almost like a but creepy, like Halloween scene. Yeah. And I just like remember, and the wind was always blowing from left mm-hmm. to right. Don't huh, ask me why. It was weird. It wasn't like swirling. That's it was so like, detailed. It was actually, I know this yeah. is crazy, but it happened. So, and I know this is even weirder. If this is the basket, I'm doing it from my point of view. If I was like, the basket was always like slightly turned, 
This is the basket. Here was the leaf, and the wind was coming like this way. Isn't that creepy? Yeah. But and I'm not. Okay. I mean, this is like a legitimate thing that like has. It, I've even had it as an adult that's like popped up. I'm like, it's I've really been having weird. this dream since I was a kid, but it doesn't mean it means nothing to me. I've at uh-huh. no point in my life have ever seen this scene happen. But it's just something that triggers right. my brain, and I don't know what would hmm. cause that. I don't either. Isn't it weird? Look it up on a dream dictionary. They have that. Mm-hmm. I look at my dreams all the time. Just look up a dream dictionary. Google it. And then it will give you a bunch of different topics and you can figure out quote unquote what the dream is or what it means. Wait, explain this. A dream dictionary? Yeah. So there will be different words like tree, leaf, basket, wind, different meanings for wind, how it presents in your dream and what it necessarily means. Hmm. I don't know. That's I've literally never told anybody that. You're the first person I've ever told. I don't Thanks. understand why that <laughs> dream happened. It just happened. And it was... It's so I, unbelievably detailed. It was very detailed. Hmm. And I see it vivid every time I do it. Like, and it's How almost... How often? Like, when I was younger, it would happen quite often. Like, probably mm-hmm. monthly. And now, mm-hmm. every couple of years, I might come back. Wow. It's not... It's not as every night. It's not like every night I dream of this basket. It's like... But it's a weird thing. Let me like, know if you see it in real life. Yeah, but it just like <laughs> clicks in my head. I'm like... And I almost... If you... If I... I could sketch it out right now. If I could draw good. Hmm. I could sketch it out and know exactly what it looked like. Mm-hmm. It was green, yellow... Like cool. a, like a brownish leaf, huh. greenish brown leaf, and then the wind blowing. Yeah, it's weird. It was just like, it wasn't a bright leaf. It wasn't like a foliage leaf. It was just like a crumbled up like leaf that you'd see like mm-hmm. end of fall or not end of fall, early fall like before they started turning, and that was it. Kind of like, it, yeah. Hmm. So it's weird, but that was dreams. Dreams falling. Have you ever fallen in a dream? Yes, but it's right when I'm falling asleep. Do you ever get that really? way too? No, I get it. Right yeah, I like right if up. I close my eyes, like within five minutes, I'll dream that I'm falling and then I'll wake up and it will you, be like you know, if in you the fall, beginning. You wake up. Yeah. Also, if you, this is something I was told too. Put something in your hand before you go. You don't want to go with this? No. Oh, why, why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I have another one. Oh, like, do you want to tell you yours first? Oh yeah, put, this this mine. happened to me like a couple of years ago. Well, call it senior year of high school I don't even remember but I was an adult at this point like <laughs> was way done wetting the bed but I've had a dream that I've wait. gone to the bathroom I was in Vegas I was at a casino and I wait, really I, had to go wait. to the bathroom Sarah the way you just said it, it was like I was an adult so I was done wetting the ba- bed I'm like did you wet the bed you're 17 <laughs> like okay. no oh, I don't want you to think it happened when I was like three years old two years old and I was still well, wearing a diaper we, as soon as you like, said I was an adult <laughs> then I figured that you were done wetting the bed but that's good that's good yeah. No, I had to clarify. Okay. But yes, <laughs> in a casino, winning big, really, really, really had to go pee. Winning big? Was running around to find a bathroom and I couldn't find an open bathroom. Wait, this is a dream? Yes. Okay. And then I finally found a bathroom and I sat down to go pee and I woke up and I was in my bed pissing my pants and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah the I, only time I've ever. I and had, I was completely sober. <laughs> I had a friend, headbutt his ex, well, not with her anymore, ex-girlfriend broke her nose Got up, headbutted her in the bed because she was like, he was in a dream. Oh my God. Literally got up and headbutted her and broke are you her nose. serious? Yeah. And then I've seen it before where like people are doing, like they wake, you know, when you like wake up and you're like doing something in bed. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. I used to sleepwalk as a kid. I used to sleepwalk too. Yeah. We had to, my parents put like a big, what is that called? The lock on the top of the door. Yeah. So you can the, open it. Yeah. Because they found me outside once. Um, I don't know if I, I think I went outside once. Yeah. I used to sleepwalk all the time. It was weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like in a daze. I haven't done it in a long, long time, but I remember doing it as a kid. I was like, like all of a sudden I just go get you and bring you back to bed. And I, yep. It's like, I just run to stepbrothers when like going through the, 
going through like eating all the food <laughs> again you don't watch movies no. i usually talk either. to most people and they're like you dude you've never seen any movie i'm like i really haven't seen a ton of movies and mm-hmm. i started like referencing them and you're just like I've no seen even i'm less. horrible when it comes to references um <laughs> no so saying so back to my pen so if you if you go to bed and you put something in your hand a pen anything and you hold it you will not drop it until you wake up seriously so you can test my I'm theory. Gonna try we it. don't use a pen because we're stack yourself or something. No, nice pen too, by the way. Same pen. Thanks. I love these. Literally same pen. Yeah, nice. But if you if you hold something, hold a ball, hold a hold a, mm-hmm. just hold something in your hand. Like grab like a little huh. trinket. Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm so, gonna do it. So ideally, is that if if you were to sit there and fall asleep, and you had this in your hand, and say your hand was just like this, you should wake up in the morning and it's still in your hand, hmm. unless you dropped it. Because if you drop it, you're gonna wake up. No way. So if you I actually, so if you actually are, are sleeping with something in your hand, and something startles you, or, or you feel it's like falling, it falls out of your hand, you wake up because you want to grab it because your natural right. instinct of your body it's a flinch almost mm. like yeah, I gotta grab, I gotta hurry up and grab that thing, but it's not. That's interesting. So if you're sleeping, you hmm. should be able to if you fall asleep, be holding it by the end of the morning. Wow. And the only time you would fall, I mean, the only time it would fall out is if you woke up and you should know that right. you woke up. I'm gonna try. It. I'm gonna test your theory. Okay. I so. also can sleep with gum. I know that's not safe, but um, if I fall asleep with gum, I'll wake up with gum. I've done it before. If you put something in your mouth, because you don't Most really chew at night. You just, it. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, too, if you just put it in your mouth and you just fall asleep, it just stays Catch in your mouth. because you, it falls out. <laughs> yeah. So it's all over, all gooey. Just start pulling it. It gets in your hair. Uh, you ever had gum in your hair? No. I've had burdocks in my hair, though. Burdocks, not bird shit? No, like burdocks. Burdocks, yeah, for the, yeah. the flower. That gets stuck. Yeah. Like for a dude, it's usually pretty easy, but I'd figure for a girl, it's oh, probably like detrimental. I don't want to know. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying like any of that stuff. That would be bad. Because I like I could cut my hair short. I wouldn't care. Like if a girl goes from like your hair down to short, it'd be like, oh. Because of a little piece hair. of gum? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be I have a piece of gum. I'd be like, then mm-hmm. you guys start getting like the extensions and stuff. <laughs> I just realized that people can put like extensions in hairs, in hairs, in <laughs> on your hair. Like a couple of years ago. Extensions in hairs. If someone's like, yeah, that's not my real hair. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I got an extension. I'm like, what? You put you like clip in hair, oh, like oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I didn't know that. Not me. But I'm just saying, but, like people yeah, can. Yeah, you can do that. Typically, people that are a little bit older do it when they start like hair starts losing. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that. I was, I was, I was floored. Like someone told me that, and it was literally like a whole new like avenue of my life. Opened it's everything. Up. Not that I get hair, hair extensions, extensions, but I'm just like wow. You I didn't can really get like tattooed makeup. I mean, now the eyelash extensions. You can pretty much do anything. I know, and as a be as a Barbie, a, as, a, <laughs> as a guy, literally, I'm just like, I need just me to have like shampoo and body wash and like deal. Yeah, that's and it. And I'm good. Yeah. Like I'm running out of like body wash, I had to order some more, and I'm like pumped that I think it comes mm-hmm. in today. I'm like, yes. <laughs> and, like small things of life when you like get older, and you like get the, excited. Like the li- the little things in life, you're like, yes, I got, and it's mm-hmm. like something basic. Like even just, <laughs> I know it sounds dumb, but like, 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 f- like knowing you need socks and like clean socks. Like, yes, like just mm-hmm. s- small, small things like. Like coffee, being like, oh, I got a coffee a today. Coffee. Like, yes. Like, uh-huh. yeah, so, you get so excited for the most minor things when you're a kid. You're like big things. You want toys. You want some fun stuff. Now I'm just like, I want convenience. Oh, I no. Want, like what I, I want lack of stress. Yeah. I just want relaxation. Uh-huh. It's it's fun. Like, have you noticed that as you've gotten older? That Oh, yeah. Like the day I paid off my car, it was the most exciting thing in the world. You know, and I never thought as a kid, like you said, the enjoyment things just completely shifts when you're finally on your own. Oh, absolutely. Well, even and down to the point, and, like, and you're cooking, and you're like, good, I didn't, like, 
I dropped my bread and it landed buttered side up. And you're like, yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I know it sounds yeah. cheesy, but like, I don't <laughs> have to clean that mess the up. The English muffin and peanut butter that I've dropped every time rushing out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if it, but if it <laughs> falls and the peanut butter butter's up yeah. and it doesn't get, you it's literally like, just oh, feel today's like, my lucky day. Yeah, you just have a small victory. Like, thank you. And you put mm-hmm. it away, just run out the door. You're like, thank you. Yep. So that's me with kids now. Like that happens. I'm like, yeah, it didn't drop. Like it stayed <laughs> off their clothes. Oh, it stayed yeah. off the floor. I'm like, yeah, thank God. It got out of her hair. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Like just the small victories of, of being a kid. So, Sierra, we're going to wrap that up here. Um, give us uh, give us a plug. Give us any kind of like how can people find you, how can people work with you if they want extra, extra uh, accountability on both the nutrition and fitness. How do they reach out? How oh, do they follow absolutely. You? No, I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone. And I think that's the first step is – just having that conversation and knowing where to start to get that first step. So I'd be happy to even just have that or help give you tips, let alone work with you. So Instagram, Facebook, Evolve Performance Training, E-V-O-L-V-E, and Sierra at EvolvePerformanceTraining.com. So reach out. Thanks for having me today, though. This is so much fun. I'm I'm ready to start my own podcast. Are you doing one? I've always wanted to. What's stopping you? Nothing. Nothing. It's just not on the priority list right now. Okay. That's it. But it will happen? Eventually, what is, yes. What is it going to be geared around? Oh, interviewing athletes. Okay. Local? Yeah. Or are you going to be reaching out to people? No, just reaching out to people. Yeah. Yeah, having a conversation. Because like, I, I like talking. <laughs> like Probably cold, just like, like you do. Like just like cold calling like Simone Biles and be like, yo, you want to be on it? Big uh, name? Like yeah, you're reaching out eventually. Like, yeah. Like no, Michael but Phelps, I have like, Tiger Woods? Like no, I have um, people from Clarkson who, some females on the basketball team who have gone over a season played and then... Some of the guys who've gone and played in the NHL because we have D1 hockey mm-hmm. at Clarkson. So those you know people, some of these guys are now some, in the NHL? Yeah. And some, yeah. Some friends? Some cool. friends. That's friends dope. Friends athletes. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's uh, Clark, Clarkson St. Lawrence is weird up there because like. You oh, gotta, talk about the rivalry. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I know nothing about it, nor do I really care. Not, I mean, I'm not a <laughs> I didn't go to either school. Ouch. <laughs> but I didn't go to either school and I wasn't a big hockey guy. But the idea like you have that level of caliber of players right here. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Because those guys go to like NHL. Or it's not all of them, but you know, the, the top guys do. Plenty the, of them when I, when I was there. The really? ones who, yeah, sophomore, they'd be sophomores and they were gone. That's crazy. Yeah. Nico Sturm from Minnesota Wilds. Trying to think of a couple other names. That's just so it's crazy that like, oh, that like Nico's not back? Like, no, nah, he's in the NHL now. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's great. It's so cool. I'm thinking like how small of a school we are at Clarkson. Yeah. It's I mean, pretty awesome. Well, so well, it, hockey makes the school. How was that? How big is the stadium for hockey? They just redid it. So a little bit bigger now? The year I graduated. Yeah. Is it about the same size roughly as Plastic State? A little bit bigger? Much bigger. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. I know some of those places like D1 schools have really small stadiums. It's not, it's not, it's not huge though. Not much bigger than Probably 5,000 people. Oh, I don't, don't even ask. Did you go to all the games? Yeah. 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 Proud of you. All right. That's it. (laughs) Episode uh, 148 with uh, Sierra Gagno. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.